Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks so much for tuning in again, yet again, uh, this week. So today I have a, I would say a friend um, that uh, I just uh, met through uh, the Professional Speakers, Canadian Special Association of Professional Speakers, or CAPS, like we call them. Um, so I had the privilege of meeting Penny, actually, previous to CAPS in Florida, uh, where we work with the same speaker business coach. So Penny, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. Awesome. So uh, Penny's got a, a really a fantastic background, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I was able to experience with her um, actually just on the weekend um, at an event that we were at. So a bit about Penny's background. She's a um, what we call a genuine entrepreneur. She's the founding uh, member of Tremblay Leadership Center with relationship strategies, training, and keynotes internationally, and she's been doing that for about 20 years or so and lots of people have benefited from the skills and confidence about how to be more productive how to play nice in the sandbox which is which is her brand and climb the ladder of success she's um done some extraordinary uh, education uh attaining a certificate in advanced mediation from harvard wow with lots of years of conflict resolutions facilitations in workplaces bringing stories experiences and guidance for more productive peaceful and profitable businesses. Penny, is there anything that I have missed there that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, no, I don't think so. I'm on a journey just like everybody else and uh, continuing to always learn. I think I'm a professional student. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> and a great one you are. So on the weekend, um, Penny and I were in Toronto and I you know, had the privilege of listening to her keynote. And her keynote is very, um, very, very interesting where she talks about, um, you know, unpacking your suitcase. And it's such a fantastic concept um, that I, you know, it's one thing to hear, hear the keynote's um, name, but actually seeing her deliver it was really, really phenomenal. So Penny, I would like you to tell people, and I can tell you what I experienced. So the concept that I took about it as a listener was, we all bring stuff with us. And if, you know, if anybody tells you that they aren't, they're kind of telling you a bit of a fib or two in our lives. And we all pack up these suitcases from, you know, beginning of life all the way through. And sometimes the things in the suitcase kind of might be heavy. It might be painful. Um, and, and it might be things that we are not aware of how it might be impacting your life. So Penny has her entire keynote discussing this concept. So Penny, I'd like you to kind of extrapolate or tell people a little bit more about um, your brand or the concept of playing in the sandbox, which is the bigger brand, but unpacking suitcases, her, the suitcase is one of the keynotes that she does for her brand. Sure. So 
when people ask me what I do, I tell them that I help teach corporate people how to play nice in the sandbox. And when they don't, to help them fix broken relationships. And I always get a chuckle and people always say, you need to come to our workplace because <clears throat> as an expert in workplace relationships, um, the people factor is challenging, right? Like um, personal skills aren't taught in technical education. So if you go to school to become a fill in the blank, you know, doctor, lawyer, nurse, um, you know, electrician, pipe fitter, welder, etc. You are, you are taught your technical trade, but people are stuck in dead end positions or, or, or fired because of their lack of ability to get along with people. And that people factor is um, the glue that holds businesses together. It's the glue that holds um, workers. It's the glue that bonds managers to their work teams. It's the glue that bonds customers to their, to be loyal to their suppliers. And so um, as an expert on that, um, I moved into the opposite is, you know, conflict. What, what does plague us and separate us and what does cost corporations tons and tons of money is dealing with conflict in the workplace. Um, you know, now it's, it's stress, the, the, the effects of stress in the workplace and, and mental unwellness. The cost is huge. So one of the keynotes, I have a few, one of the keynotes that I focused on was um, around the idea of getting people to recognize what they're bringing with them wherever they go. Because I don't really think that, that conflict and resolution and mental wellness is just your employer's responsibility. I think we all have a responsibility to come to the things that we do, the tasks that are in front of us, um, in our per, in, in our most best form, in our highest form. And to do that, I really think we have to get clear on what's holding us back. And what's holding us back so many times is the things that we're packing around, meaning old stuff, old conflict that hasn't been resolved yet, or that we have residue from, or fears and insecurities around. And if we just worked a little bit on shining a light on that and becoming aware of it, then we can unpack it and we can decide what we want to let go and what we want to um, bring along with us. And uh, we'd have more space inside us for building the tools that help us be very successful at relationships in the workplace. And I always say in the workplace, cause that is my expertise, but you know, this works in, in our personal relationships too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's that people are not aware. Would you agree with that? Because I sometimes we perceive that people might be aware that I know I'm doing this. You know, when you go out into the workplace and you've been brought in by a company, um, give it give us an example of how kind of that stuff in your suitcase could kind of play through to impact um, conflict between, say, two employees or, you know, a, a supervisor and an employee. Okay. So um, great question, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about a service that I offer called a workplace restoration. So in a workplace restoration, um, the, the, the teams that need that are teams that have a toxic workplace culture, or maybe there's a department within the workplace where um, you know there's unresolved stuff and there's conflict, and it might only involve two or three people, but the effects of the toxicity is like a plague that affects everybody. And whether people want to realize that they're um, involved or not, they're all involved. 
if you just go to work and do your thing and turn a blind eye and don't get involved, you're playing a part in the conflict by not showing up as your full powerful self and perhaps giving it a voice and speaking to it and talking about how, you know, the workplace could be more healthy for you. So people don't quit jobs. They quit managers. They quit teams. They, 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 they give up because they're just, it's not worth it anymore. You know, it's not worth that check that they're bringing home to be so unhappy where they are. So in a workplace restoration, what I do is I, I make time to meet every single person one-on-one -on -one and I do some, I do some, I do some coaching in that, you know, I, I want to find out, I have a confidential conversation. I want to find out um, who they are, what they do, how long they've been there and what could be better. You know, what, what's going on? And I, and I build trust with them because it's a confidential conversation. And um, I honestly do not use that. Um, I do not take that out of confidentiality ever. But what I do do is I try and get underneath what's really going on. Like, you know, it might look like there's an issue here, but under that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Under that, there's a whole other, um, you know, monster that's looming. And I just help them shine the light on that. So here's an example. I was called in to uh, do a workplace restoration because a company had invested a lot of money on an investigation because an employee accused her manager of harassment. Okay, so there was an investigation and investigations are very expensive. Uh, basically, you know, it halts the productivity of the department for at least, you know, three to six months, depending on the depth of the investigation. And everybody's on eggshells and nobody's allowed to talk about it. And it's a really excruciating process, very necessary. I personally don't do those, but um, I, I was called in after the fact because there was no finding of workplace harassment. So then what do they do? Well, they call in me to help the organization or the department hit the reset button and move on with some clean, defined commitments to creating something new. And so in the process of doing this, I want to tell you a story about Mary. So Mary, of course, is a fictitious name because this is a confidential story, but Mary accused her manager of harassment. Now, um, um, the manager was, of course, denying that this was happening. And when I got talking to Mary, I found out that she was sexually harassed about 20 years ago in a previous job by a previous employer. And although the, um, the uh, correction, the behavior correction, the reprimand, the, the satisfying of that particular situation was done, Mary never let it go. She never really unpacked it to a point of finding peace with it. So therefore, that stuff she was carrying in her suitcase in real time kept showing up. The manager that she had currently was sharing with her, you know, just things that a manager would share. I mean, when you're leading a team of people, you have to roll out orders and you have to correct behavior. But to her, it was harassment. And once she got to see where that conflict and the residue and the um, the perception was coming from that it wasn't a present time situation it was from the past she put two and two together to realize ah you know what this part is mine you know and of course the new manager didn't know any of this stuff so once he got an idea of what was going on because she shared with him um, 
he was able to adjust his behavior and be a little bit more empathic to her and her and her needs so that is an example of how what's in our suitcase plays um you know it keeps playing itself in the future and what i like to recommend is you have to make past you have to make peace with your past so it stops screwing up your future so those you know those are some of the things that that uh, you know real life examples i see time and time again happening in conflict in current time but it's really previous stuff so she was ready projecting things onto this manager who was just trying to manage so in that scenario when you interview the employee and the supervisor obviously did you have them in the same room at some point or did okay you did so you kind of found out at first you kind of knew the different um you know perspectives and then at some point you kind of facilitated them sharing kind of what their perceptions were and what she was she felt comfortable to share with the manager that this is what was going on for her to allow the manager to share with her kind of this is what my intention was this is was i was not malintentioned in any way we have to run a unit we have to run a company blah 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 okay right interesting interesting yeah it is interesting because um you know once you hit that reset button and you can and you can put and you can commit to putting everything in the past behind you um at, at least you have a commitment to something new now how to stay on track with that commitment is you know it, it we have to remember that old patterns die hard right mm -hmm. old it like you can be triggered back into that 20 year ago workplace just like that and we have that's to realize right. that and recognize it and know what's ours you know we have to know what's ours and what's not ours and in in conflict and really i think it's very worthwhile to take the time to really work on what we know is our own work that we have to do now can i ask you a question i'm curious because i'm wondering if the listeners are also wondering so something like that happens in a company, right? Word gets out that maybe there's little whisperings about, you know, there's something that kind of happened. We don't know what happened, but you know, Mary's kind of quiet or the manager's kind of different and you're, you know, people kind of know something's happened, but maybe they don't know the facts. I'm assuming this Penny, so you can tell me otherwise, then you resolve it. Yeah. But what, what, how do you deal with the others that kind of are on the peripheral effects? to help them also function and go back to recognizing whatever happened, whether they knew the details or not is gone. What, what do you do with them? <laughs> okay. This funny word that come, came up in my mind and it's nanya. And you know what nanya means? It's nanya business. <laughs> um, so sometimes people just have to realize that other people's um, that's been, what's been discussed behind closed doors is really, um, not necessarily their business and uh, that they that they can just continue moving on that's probably um, you know a, a funny or or you know a less effective way to deal with it how I deal with it in my process of a workplace restoration when I'm meeting everyone one-on-one -on -one, I get to understand who needs to have a conversation um, who needs to be mediated? Who needs to come together with a mediator? And I am a mediator um, and work things through until they find resolve, right? And it's interesting, it doesn't take long. It really doesn't take long when you use some key steps. And um, 
Um, so I'll facilitate a conversation uh, where, you know, I think that people who are entangled in a conflict that needs to be resolved first before the whole department gets sitting together for a conversation, I'll make sure that those littler conflicts are dealt with first. So in this case, Mary and her manager, um, I sat them down together and we went through a mediation, okay? So that they both could understand each other. You know, um, the boss could understand Mary and, um, and then Mary could understand the boss. And then once there's this level of understanding, this is where you have conflict dissolve, okay? So you don't necessarily need a conflict resolve because you have a conflict dissolve because there is just an under, a whole new understanding. And at the end of the day, that's what the human spirit desires more than anything next to food and shelter. The need to feel understood is the need of the human spirit. So when we can move to that step, man, you'd be surprised what just falls off. Okay. Now the rest of the team is still, you know, sitting there going, uh, now what's going to happen or what's even happening, or I don't even know what's happened. What I do in my process is I bring the entire team together for an authentic conversation. And, um, I do this circle style. I've done a lot of work with First Nations uh, people, uh, Indigenous people of uh, Canada, and um, that's their way. They sit in a circle. There's no boardroom table in between us. There's no desk in between us. It's it's a circle, and um, we sit on chairs. And we, you know, I facilitate that process, and I make it a very safe and comfortable uh, process for people to have conversation and. Um, and talk about unsafe things, you know, um, um, these are things that people don't want to talk about. But once we go through the conflict, we're on the other side of it. And I often say that there's only one way through conflict, and that is through conflict. You know, the antidote to conflict is to go through it, right? right? Like not around it, over it, sweep it under the carpet, pretend it doesn't exist. No, it's through it. You have to be willing to go through it and and life isn't just about feeling good it's about doing what's right and and at the times when we're going through conflict it doesn't feel good but what's on the other side feels amazing absolutely you know, and it takes a courageous a courageous conversation to put context it in does. When, you're absolutely. Meeting, when you're meeting with a big company are you speaking to the one event or are you just talking generally about what kind of things people might need to have better conversations or be more authentic in the workplace when you well, get training if it's a large you know if it's just like um you know bringing skills and uh possibilities to an organization or department and they want training i will do it you know like seminar or workshop style do some breakout sessions do some do some role play um i'll be bringing in a sand an actual real life sandbox and uh um some actors and role players and i think roxanne you're going to be one of those people being a psychotherapist and, and, uh, so do i get to throw sand at people <laughs> but, uh, maybe silly string <laughs> but um um where was i so yeah in a larger organization where they just want me to kind of like you know touch the uh touch the learning points and give people the skills that's my play nice in the sandbox 
um, you know, workplace training. But this particular service that I've been speaking of is more like a workplace restoration where there's a toxic culture and it needs a reset. It needs attention. We don't necessarily want to go back and dwell on the who said what, why, and who was wrong and all that stuff. Right, we want right. to say, okay, we've got some issues and how do we fix them? And in the process of fixing them, that's where I get people to dive into what's in your suitcase and right. are you popping it around and you're bringing it to work and how is what's the cost to that and mm -hmm. how are people affected and how is it affecting you and then just getting them to really see and understand the source of that conflict it's not always who they think they think it's the guy down the hall or the girl sitting beside them beside it's easier them. to kind of point the finger versus kind of look at yourself, at yourself. right but you you get but them to a space where they start to look at, to look at their role yes, their role. yes. Now in this circle, um, can I ask you, um, how do you facilitate that? Do you just, it's just an open conversation um, after you've resolved the mediation or is it just, um, how, what's the context of the circle compared to what you do with average, like the Aboriginal model? I'm just curious about that. Well, you know, the goal is authentic conversation. The goal is connection. The okay. goal is um, helping people really get to know each other on a level that they thought was forbidden in the past, um, to allow people to share, to allow people to be real. Um, there's tears, often, most often. Um, there's sharing and there's honesty and I guide the process in a very safe way. I, I don't think that I would recommend that, you know, you just try to whip this, um, whip this off on your own because you know you're it, it is a process to me honestly it's a very sacred process and and it's a spiritual process for me anyways to go in there and to be privileged enough to facilitate this opportunity to get everybody really um, open and transparent and being real humans for an afternoon or a day or a couple of days and not just being, you know, like people with a title that's like, well, I'm a manager, so I have to be polished or, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an admin assistant, so I, I should be kept underneath and shouldn't have a voice like no, none of that just real authentic conversation. And uh, um, it can be risky. Um, you know, that's why we carry mediator insurance. Um, but I think you know one of the basis one of the basics of mediation is where two parties agree to find a solution better than each one could have come up on their own right right that's really in my opinion the definition of mediation you know it's about two people wanting to find a solution now can you give me an example um, about when you go into workplace what's the kind of the are you generally being called in because of performance issues? Like what, what is it that companies called you in for? And um, kind of what's, what's kind of the typical scenario you might get asked in for? Okay, so I, I don't know that there's a typical. Uh, every situation is very unique. Um, I'll give you an idea of a, of a, of a really great um, example that sticks out in my mind from a um, organization that, and this is, you know, it's hard to talk about this because it's all confidential, right? So um, an organization that looks after children, 
uh, is struggling with conflict and there's a um, formal complaint being written up and about to be lodged. So, you know, a, a, a formal harassment complaint or a, former, a formal uh, discrimination or, you know, um, sexual harassment. Once that gets formally uh, lodged, that goes into a big machine and that's a problem. So right before that happened, leadership came to me, said, we have an issue. Do you think you can help us out? I said, yes. And um, what I did was I did a half day workshop and I was just coming in as a third party, uh, you know, facilitator who had some skills. And of course, everybody knows that the, that the, that the workplace culture is, is suffering, right? So some of them really want to come and some of them don't want to come at all. But I, I, um, I, I engage them. I rein them in because I'm an expert. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm subjective. I don't have relationships with these people. I'm not emotionally connected to them. I've got lots of experience and information and, and I, and I piqued their interest. And then after that, what we did was we did the personal interviews and everybody had a chance to meet me. And then we got together for a circle. And so, um, I can't even remember your question, but I think it was around, you know, like, uh, you know, like what, uh, what types of people and what types of problems. So the problem was that somebody was feeling um, discriminated against oh, okay. discrimination. Uh, she was foreign um, and she was kind of leaning on that as a crutch or like a, a, a reasonable excuse as to why people were treating her the way that they were treating her. And, um, and she was retaliating and uh, her spouse was getting involved as well. And, you know, wanting fairness and whatnot. And um, um, when we looked at the, the dynamics and the personalities of all of the players involved, you know, we were able to really sort things out. So here's one thing I want to say about conflict. Imagine that conflict is like this big, ball of knotted ropes, all different shapes, sizes, and colors right in the middle of your circle, your workplace circle. What if everybody could just reach in and take what's theirs and say, this is mine. This is mine. This is how I've contributed to the conflict. I own this. If everybody can do that, and trust me, everyone has a piece in that rope, then there's nothing left, right? Right. So it's about ownership. It's about owning your stuff. It's about being honest and vulnerable and speaking in the human connection. You know, we don't get that from digital communication. We don't get that wow factor fuzzy feeling from an email that gets sent out. Right. So these are the skills that um, that I help people foster. And then I, I, I do follow up sessions afterward. And um, I really encourage people to, you know, to use the face to face to use that, you know, the, the, the potential that we were given by our creator and, and to be able to just go and, and work and talk it out when, when, when things aren't going so great, you know, to talk it out, to ask, you know, hey, can we talk? Because this is a skill that we're losing. Absolutely. We're losing the ability to have face-to-face -face conversations because we spend so much time hiding behind screens. And text messages when you're in conflict and emails and stuff, 
not effective, not, not effective at all. Perhaps to lay down the formula or the commitments after you've resolved and you want to keep people accountable and you want to stay on track. Absolutely. So that's, that that's face- fantastic, right? I love what you said about if it's like a big, you know, ball of yarn and we all kind of took our piece away and took responsibility for how we impacted what, what has developed. What a beautiful analogy, um, Penny. I love that. And I'm sure you use it to a lot because really, you know, when we kind of get oppositional, their backs get up. And like you said, we, you know, we don't get together. We don't, you know, we kind of hide behind screens in Texas and, you know, we don't walk down to someone's office when we're having conflict, which makes which heightens it. And then it turns into something else. So sometimes it's, it's like I say, it's having those authentic conversation instead of hitting the, you know, uh, the crest of the wave, it's kind of going to the, the bottom of the current to kind of look for what's there so that you can clear it out. Right. Yeah. So from great analogy. Ooh, I like that one. The crest of the wave versus the bottom of the current. Because mm-hmm. the current is what's making the wave. Absolutely. Now with organizations and productivity, I want to like to talk a little bit about that. Um, what for for managers, for um, you know, CEOs or C suite that may be listening to this. What are the benefits that you've seen on the bottom line um, with, uh, you know, your brand and conflict when you go in? What kind of some of the things that you can share with them that it's a benefit for them um, to use services like yours in order to impact the bottom line? Well, conflict is very costly. Um, Statistics show that the average employee spends 2.8 hours in conflict per week. Per week? Yeah. Wow. It's a $395 billion industry um, or it's a $395 billion cost. And you know what I think about that cost? That's everyone's responsibility, not just the bottom line of the corporation. You know, what if the, your company could use that money for other things? Mm-hmm. You know, are you looking for a raise? Would you like to have better work conditions? Would you like to have, I don't know, there's, there's um, budgets, right, for everything. And people, and they're getting tighter and tighter, and I really don't think that we should have to afford conflict. We don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some type of, of, of um, differences of opinion and whatnot, but that's healthy. When we can embrace that stuff, we're pushed and squeezed and, and, and we come out the other side bigger and stronger and more powerful. Healthy teams embrace conflict are extremely productive and very competitive. But it's this personality-based conflict and things like that that is so costly. You know, like you look at what would it cost you in your business to have an employee off? Mm-hmm. Well, it's paying somebody to be off. And it's paying somebody to replace them. Right. Right? So it's extremely expensive. Um, so some of the services that I offer are, are training for prevention. You know, how do we prevent? How do we, like I said in the beginning, you know, people are hired for their technical skills. Let's train them for the people skills. Look, lots of what I teach is common sense. But common sense isn't common practice right? It needs to be brought up to the forefront. Even myself, even you, Roxanne, you're a psychotherapist. I'm an expert in conflict resolution. When my emotions get entangled, everything I've learned (laughs) 
is not at the top of my mind, right? Right? So I call you. <laughs> no, you know, I, I was just talking to a, 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 like a, I was doing a session with someone and they, they called it the burn letter. And I love that. And I, I was going to mention that to you. And what he would do is he would get emotional and then he would rattle off this letter and he sent this letter, right? Which it was, I was like, whoa, wow. And then, um, you know, the person that I was having the meeting with said, those are called burn letters. Don't deter yourself from writing them, just burn them. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, yeah, because as soon as this prefrontal cortex goes off, we're, we're having a bit of a dance party in the emotional part of our brain to your point. And then we're like running on adrenaline and cortisol. And what happens then? It's not pretty until you calm down, you step aside from the situation and you look, to, look at it more objectively versus subjectively, which is kind of what we all do it. We're human beings, right? Um, you know, once we get caught up in our emotions, it's difficult to understand um, what role we're playing in things. And then, you know, how people are, we get, you know, you get defensive or backs goes up and then we get more polarized and then we know what happens, right? It's like, you know, the great divide gets worse and worse. So definitely the cost is very high to, to organizations. Right. And so workplace restorations is another service that I offer, conflict resolution, uh, mediation. That's all kind of what I call a workplace restoration. Um, I do coaching for okay. individuals and um, I do keynotes. I want to, you know, help teach the masses, uh, audiences just, you know, from a more bird's eye level, a broader perspective about um, the effects or, you know, the effects of, of packing around conflict. And so, therefore, the suitcase keynote was born. And uh, one of the props in my suitcase, you, you didn't get to see because I, I didn't pull it out of my suitcase this weekend, but it's a great big ball of knotted rope. And um, I, I commit to you, Roxanne, I will, I will do a leadership tip with a video, and I will talk about this concept of the knotted rope because... Um, it really helps people see that there's a piece of, of that conflict that's theirs. And, you know, and even if they don't think that they're involved, they are. Can I ask you, you one, know, last, one last, sorry, go ahead. Finish that thought. I have one last question. One thing to leave everyone thinking is that most workplaces have a ringleader or a person that um, everyone goes to, to vent, to talk, to gossip when there's conflict. So, you know, I think sometimes when we really start picking things apart, we realize the damage that we're doing by listening to it or the damage that we're doing by feeding into it, even though it's not about us at all. Right. So because sometimes people will say, yeah, but you don't know our workplace and they're referring to the ringleader. But what you're saying is that, that really when you level off the playing field, everybody recognizes their responsibility, which takes away the power from the ringleader who kind of falls back into place. <laughs> because the ringleader thinks he or she is doing a good thing. Maybe it's your HR person. Right. You know, you know like everybody plays a role. And I think when we really look at at the healthy ways to diffuse conflict, everybody can kind of recalibrate their behavior because they all want peace. That's the beautiful thing about, about working through conflict. It's like you don't really have to, it's not a tough sell. <laughs> we all want joy and peace and happiness. And um, so, 
you know, uh, everybody's working toward the same goal. Maybe they just have to recognize um, how to work at it in the, in the same direction. Well, awesome, Penny. This has been fantastic. So tell everybody where they can get a hold of you. And um, Penny also has some, some live workshops coming up in North Bay, which I, uh, you know, I've heard that they, she had a couple just recently and she's doing a couple more. So where can they reach you um, so that if they wanted more information on you, Penny? Okay, so my website is pennytremblay.com. That's um, P-E-N-N-Y-T-R-E-M-B-L-A-Y.com. And you know, one of the best ways to kind of uh, get some free information is to sign up to my leadership tips because I, I write one a month. Uh, my coach is encouraging me to write one a week, but right now I write one a month and I have a little video clip that goes with it and it's a learning point. So it's called a leadership tip. It's completely educational. And then if I do have some public things going on, I will post them there. Um, I, from that website, you can follow me on social media. I've got a Facebook business page and I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. But, um, I think that, you know, if you just want to go to pennytromley.com, subscribe to my newsletter, my phone number's there. I have one phone number. It's my cell phone. You can call me, text me. I'm more than happy to help. I, I really have a, a mission to increase the world's peace. And trust me, I've been through uh, the fire with conflict of my own. I know a lot of people have personal things and a lot of people have business things. And you know what? I really just want to help. I'm so glad to have met you, Roxanne. You know, it's been... Um, it's been a, a great run already for our, our, uh, our working relationship and our friendship. And I, I'm really honored that you asked me to be a guest today on your podcast. Well, thanks so much again. And uh, I know I'll be seeing you relatively soon, probably sooner than later. So everyone that's listening, please uh, reach out to Penny. And I guess when I listen to Penny's message, you know, it's, it's really about, you know, what part of a conflict and we all get into conflict what can I do to neutralize it and to really put myself in that other person's shoes, whether, whether it's a personal relationship or workplace relationship, um, uh, family, lots of things. We all get into it. We're human beings and we're going to get into, because we connect, we're going to get in conflict. And it's really about taking responsibility for your actions. And if, if, if it's, needing more at that point, then you get the support that you need from someone like Penny or myself to get the support that uh, you need. So thanks again for tuning in. And um, if you're needing more information on, on me, you can go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash blueprint, which will give you a free course from me. So take care and we'll talk to you soon.